Hi, it's Leah, and thanks for listening to Love Leah. In this episode, we are going to talk about peer pressure and growth. And to delve into that subject, I invited our second guest. I'm so honored and pleased to announce that our second guest is Miriam. Miriam is a young mom of two, living in Toronto, Canada. You might know her from Coffee Cavana, her Instagram, where she shares Torah thoughts and Chizuk to women all around the world. She's passionate about teaching Torah to women, and I'm so happy to have her here on this podcast. First of all, thank you so much, Miriam, for doing this and for um, making time available to have this conversation with me. I'm so excited to talk with you about this and just to talk with you in general, because I know that every time we talk, um, some kind of chizuk comes out of it. So I'm so excited to share this conversation that we'll be having uh, with these ladies that are listening to this. And I'm so um Yeah, I'm really excited. I said it like three times in the same sentence, but I'm really excited to be here with you and to have this conversation. Um, first things first, uh, how have you been? Like, it's a crazy time for everyone. How have you been? How are you? Um, I would love to know how, how are you holding up? Hi, Leah. Thank you so much for having me on this podcast. I love it so much. I really look forward to the episodes and I find that it's so relatable and easy to listen to. So thank you so much for having me. <laughs> thank you. You're so cute. Um, thank you so much. Um, yes, Baruch Hashem. I'm doing really well. Um, I find that Baruch Hashem, everything with time gets a little bit easier. Um, there's a lot of ups and downs here in Toronto. Everything is, there's a lockdown. Everything is still closed. I know in the States, everything seems to kind of be over. Everyone kind of feels like life is back to normal and the virus is just there. But here it's not like that. It's still very, very, um, everything is still like kind of shut down and locked down and everyone's home. So it's difficult, but Baruch Hashem, I try to stay positive and focused and just do my daily thing and not get too caught up in it. Uh, I definitely relate to whatever you just said because Antwerp is also, <laughs> they're constantly changing the rules and it's very uh, frustrating at times. Um, I'm personally in college, so my classes are almost, like all of them are online uh, usually, besides my internships, which now I have to someone sometimes also give an online class um so that's definitely challenging but besides that i feel like if you work at home um or you you're working online whatever it is like if you're more at home than before i think it definitely brings its challenges not only like the way we dress is differently at home maybe in a way like we're maybe more lax or we maybe have certain types of clothing that we like to wear at home um but because we're so long at home like for such a long period i feel like we're not wearing our nice clothes anymore if that makes sense and i think that if you have a smartphone or a laptop or even a tv at home that you used to only use for special occasions i think it's a big test nowadays not to use them more often because with everything going on in the world and all the balagan it's so easy to say oh i just want to escape this world for a minute i just want to feel or see something nice um and i definitely think that that's one of the biggest challenges 
um, these days not to 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 go after that feeling or after that yetara telling us um, to escape everything. I don't know if you relate to that or if you experience that sometimes, um, but I definitely think that that's one of the challenges um, nowadays. Yeah, so I totally hear what you're, where you're coming from with that. Um, it's hard when you're locked at home and there's so much... Well, first of all, now everything is on the computer already. So if before we had time to be at work doing things at work in person and just having to get there on time and things like that, then you had like the pressure around you to just like be on top of your work. But now since everyone's mostly home, um, there's a lot of availability on your computer and you're mostly by yourself. So you can be doing um, your actual work and you can also just be going on social media and things like that and like no one will really notice obviously. Um, one thing that I always tell myself that I think is a nice idea is that for a Yid, for a Jewish person, we don't have the term no one. We only have the term nobody because we use the terms nobody and no one interchangeably but really nobody means nobody which means that you can be alone with no body around you, no other person. But you're never alone with no one watching you because Hashem is always with you. So I always think about that and I think it's a nice reminder to remind ourselves that we are always in the presence of Hashem. Um, and even if nobody is around, no body, no other person is around, we're always with Hashem um, near us. But I definitely hear you. And I find that one of the things that I struggle with is that since there's such limited social interaction, I find that, like for us as people, we get satisfaction from interacting with other people, even if it's just in an office, in school. Um, for me, when I used to go into college, just saying good morning to the teacher, um, speaking to the person next to me about the class topic and things like that, there's a satisfaction of having um, interactions with one another. And now we are totally deprived of that from being home. So I find that that's another Yitzhar to try to find how to fill that void um, is very difficult. I love that thought of not being able to have no one around you. I really love that thought. Um, and yes, exactly. I understand completely what you're saying because I am such an extrovert. Like I'm a mix of both. I can be very extroverted and really thrive in social circumstances and from friendships and from just small talk conversations all types of things um, within social settings but i also do need my alone time i do need to sometimes sit in the dark with a bunch of candles and just be by myself um, so i'm a mix of both but um, i definitely miss that being around people that feeling of responsibility because sometimes I need that I need to see others working in order to 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 get started and once I'm started I'm good but I, I need that like little extra push and um, I definitely feel that that sometimes has been missing um, since the lockdown started or since we started to work more at home um, so yeah, then it's definitely tempting to go to social media like Bauch Hashem now. I don't have Instagram anymore. 
but I still have Facebook, I have email, I have WhatsApp, you know, you can always find something else to to keep yourself busy with if that's really what you want. Um, and I feel like it's so hard to say no to devices, even when I'm really trying, whenever I have more time. Let's say now I'm a bit busy and it's hard to focus, but I'm, I'm busy, Baruch Hashem. And whenever I'm not busy, I'm really trying to read more or to knit more, whatever it is. Um, but I feel like the fact that I'm more at home and I'm not going out and not seeing all these people and getting my, my energy from them or from the talks or from just being in social circumstances, that makes that I'm more eager to grab my phone, to grab uh, my laptop, whatever it is, you know, just to escape my surroundings for a minute. Um, and I think that's a big challenge today. I totally agree with you how I feel like we're always going to need outlets, though. Like, I find that, I don't know about you, but most people are not at the level to not have an outlet and to be productive all the time. And this is one of the things that I tell people when I stopped watching movies and I was in high school at home, living at home, and like my family would always have like a Motsi Shabbat movie night, things like that. And I was it was hard for me to like step away from that. Um, I had to find a different outlet, something else for me to do that relaxed me, that I like to do. And that's when I got very into painting and I would go to like the top floor of my house and sit down and put some music on and paint. And that was kind of like a different outlet for me. So I find that we're always going to need outlets. And I think the key is not to get rid of the outlets, but I mean, maybe that would be for some people for in some cases, but I think like the key would be to to make sure that your outlets are somewhat productive and that they're healthy, you know, um, whether it's exercising or reading or, you know, sometimes I just, I speak on the phone with a friend and that gives me that social interaction that I needed so badly. Um, so yeah, I definitely think, um, you know, Instagram and social media gives us that feel good hormone, um, that we need so badly nowadays um, especially from all the anxiety in the world and things like that we we reach out for that we need we want to get that feel good hormone more than ever since so many of us are not feeling good naturally and we don't have people to talk us into feeling better or to lift our spirits it is tricky because we have this halacha of not wasting time right and i don't think that anyone intentionally decides that they are going to waste time at that moment or, or that they want to waste time. Uh, but I think it's more of a feeling that we feel like we deserve to relax, right? We have, we've, uh, we've had a hard day or a hard week. Um, we have some struggles or whatever, whatever, whatever it is, like it can be in personal life or it can be in your business and you just want to relax. You just want to forget about it all. You want to escape it all, right? Um, and that's where escapism com really comes from. We want to escape reality and therefore we look, we look for a path where we don't have to think as much, where we don't have to be here and sit with whatever bothers us. Um, but I think we have to redefine what relaxing is. Because like you said, everybody needs an outlet, but we have to redefine what's good for us and what's relaxing 
I want to visualize it because as you know, I am a visual person and I just want to visualize it. Let's say we have Plony and Plony has a big business. Okay. So he's really stressed out and he really like, he's really stressed whenever he comes home and you know, his wife, he, she's busy with the household and with the kids. So he's really stressed out. And, um, whenever he comes home, he starts scrolling on social media or he puts on, it depends on his day. Okay. So, or he puts on uh, a movie on Netflix and, um, it, it may or not be a kosher movie. Let's say that it, that it is. Um, and whenever he comes home, he does that. Um, and an hour or an hour and a half, uh, passes and He's still, he's still in the same state of mind because he hasn't dealt with his issues. He hasn't dealt with his stress. He just turned his brain off for a minute, right? Do you know that feeling that whenever we are scrolling on social media or whenever we're watching a movie or whatever, what, and we don't, we feel like we're, we're not productive. Like we're just have been sitting there for hours and not doing anything and that's exactly what we are doing i don't think anybody does it intentionally but we have to redefine and rethink what relaxing is and what it's supposed to do um it's not because we're turning our brain off that we are in fact relaxed so this plony scrolled on social media let's say he has been doing there he has been sitting there in his couch on his phone scrolling for social on social media or watching a movie whatever it is he has turned his brain off and when it goes off of social media he goes back to the same state of mind which is that he's not dealt with his stress he's not dealt with his issues he hasn't processed it and therefore he can't let it go so he's still in that state of mind um and i think Therefore, it's very important that we redefine what relaxation is. Um, it's, a, it's a huge difference to go for a walk, to really think a little bit and then process it and then let it go, to, to paint and put a shield on, to read a book, to, to, to call with a friend and just, just talk and let let it out of your heart to do to do it whatever it is that might help you but it's a huge different um difference when you're processing whatever happened to you than when you're turning your brain off in order not to feel something in order to escape um that's a huge difference and i think that's really what we have to think about i don't know if you remember leah i don't know if you ever had bbm like before iPhones, everyone had like Blackberries and there was like this thing called BBM. And like, <laughs> it's funny, it's just an example of how things change and like how social media changes over time. Like I remember my high school, like who, whichever friends were like in your BBM profile picture, which was like, it's kind of like your WhatsApp picture, but back then it was BBM, it was like a big deal. Like they were your best friends if they were in your picture with you. So it's just funny how things change according to what's in and i think that i don't know the yitzhar is getting very smart at keeping us on um social media and things like that that keep us from using our time productively um so yeah but that's a whole other conversation um but yeah to answer your question i totally agree with you on that and it's something that we need to 
focus on and I don't know I find that sad sometimes that I only end up really reading books on Shabbos Shabbos is like my book reading time because during the week there's so much else to do so it's tricky I definitely remember the time of the blackberries um, although I was very young then I really really wanted one <laughs> and uh, I remember my mom not giving me one I had a, a phone but not a blackberry and I was so upset and that's like another reason where where I feel like I really want to work on this I really want to improve myself in this because I don't want my kids to be so dependent on technology and especially nowadays that classes are more online and everything's more online and it's it's driving me nuts. I feel like I really want my kids to be Bezrat Hashem whenever I will have kids to be free of technology and I want them to, you know, play and go outside and you know, do fun things. Um, and not be stuck with pictures and with filters and with whatever, whoever said what on whatever social media app or, you know, like it's it's really something that I really want like to change for my kids. Um, and, you know, in some way, I really, really want a flip phone. <laughs> it might it might sound strange, but I really wish I could buy a flip phone. Um, and, you know, people would just call me whenever they want. And that's it. You know, um, I really do enjoy making this podcast. And in a way, this is an outlet for me. But I wish I had a flip phone because like, although it will not happen now because I'm in so many groups and for my college, like WhatsApp is something very um, easy. But I, I really hope that's really some place that I hope to grow to to having a flip phone and like I, I still want my podcast so like you know you can edit the podcast also from a computer now I do it from my smartphone whatever you there, there are ways you know but I really wish that you know because like I wish I miss that time when ever you could just forget about your phone and not having to worry about who send might have sent you a message and it's it's addictive it's really addictive and I think people who are more um you know sensitive to addiction or to to any kind of addiction i think it's dangerous you know i think a phone is can be really dangerous and all the apps on it that you know like there's so much there like i don't know if you you've ever saw the social dilemma i've recently watched it um after i talk talked with sarah about it and i i really I really want to like distance myself from my phone um, and it's funny that you mentioned reading because I actually also read on Shabbos and I feel so amazing whenever I read and I've been trying to um, in the line of distancing myself from my phone reading myself a bedtime story I have this book a very good book with all kind of stories in it so I'm trying to read like one or two stories before I'm going to sleep and um, it sounds silly, right? It sounds like you would do that with your child, but I'm doing it with myself. So, um, <laughs> and it's really like, it's really nice just to, you know, read a bedtime story, um, something that inspires me. Um, I just, I'm, I'm fed up with my phone being the last thing that I did and the first thing whenever I wake up and I'm fed up with it. And I'm so 
done with it. Um, so yeah, um, I do agree that we need outlets, but I do think we need to rethink whatever it is that we are using as those outlets. Yeah, I totally agree with you about the flip phone comment. Um, I admire people with flip phones. Someone that I follow on Instagram, Kayla Levin um, from First Year Married, she actually just made a post that she got a flip phone. Um, she does her posts from her computer, but she just wanted to give herself some space between the connection on social media. So I really admire that. I really admire people who are able to use the benefits of social media from a distance. So it doesn't um, affect their daily life. I think that it's super, such an important thing. And every time I hear a shiver about it or something, like I feel like it, within me, I also would like, love to make the change. Um, I actually had a kosher phone. I went out right after I got married. I moved to Israel with my husband for Shana Rishona. We were there for the first year. My, my daughter was actually born there. And I had a flip phone that year. And what I had, it was actually a, a pretty good balance. I, I had a, a kosher phone. Um, that was the only way people can contact me. But when I was home, I had my iPhone. And I had my iPhone at home with me. And in the nights, if I had to speak to my family over WhatsApp or something like that, I had that available because I was in Israel. The best way, the only way really to communicate with family members was through WhatsApp. But I found that the whole day when I was out in the grocery store, when I was, I don't know, doing shopping, on buses, whatever, I had a total disconnection from everything except for phone calls. It was a really nice balance. And I think that sometimes I think like if I would take that step now, I would do something similar. Um, would you consider doing something like that? Yeah, exactly just that. Um, I would love at some point to swap to f a flip phone for on the way, like you said, and just to keep my smartphone at home. Because I don't think I would ever be able to make that complete switch. Um, because just like you, I have, um, like I do have family in Israel, my husband's family, um, all my family-in-law is there. And the only way how I communicate with them is through WhatsApp. Um and besides that, my mom also lives out of town. So I often just send her a picture of something, you know, but like we also call a lot. So I don't know, you know, I have this friend, this one friend um, that I actually met through Instagram. And then we met offline, like here in Antwerp. And then, um, you know, we, we, we just became good friends. And, you know, I really, really appreciate how she sometimes she just texts me hey can I call you or she just calls me to see how I am and she's not she doesn't live here but it's I think it's so thoughtful and I think it's so there's so much love in that in calling to see how other people are um, like I for example call every Shabbat <laughs> I have a list of people that I need to call um, so I first have my mother-in-law that um, expects every Friday I ca I'm calling my mother-in-law um, I'm calling the wife of my mentor. I'm calling my mom. Like she doesn't know. She doesn't really realize it that I'm calling her every Friday, but I'm trying to. And sometimes I also call my grandma because, you know, there's so much love in just a call phone, even if it's like just... 10 minutes I, I often have like I'm just saying Shabbat Shalom or like how are you and that's it you know and 
it's that small thought that somebody's thinking about you that makes such a huge difference. There's so much love in that. Um, I don't think I would be able to make that swap to a flip phone uh, before uh, I I complete um, my bachelor, Bezrat Hashem. But, you know, hopefully after, I don't know, that would be like a huge goal of me. Um, if after Bezrat Hashem, I'm not making any promises here, but that would be a really big goal of me to swap after because I think there's so much beauty in that, to be in the moment and... I don't know, having our phone always by us, um, like I personally feel that um, in a way it made me impatient um, because I feel like I can't wait too long without grabbing my phone, without feeling like I want to do something um, and it's often with the excuse like I want to be productive, I don't just want to sit and wait. but. That's exactly what Hashem wants us to do at that moment. Um, and it's actually by that friend who I just talked about. Uh, she said, uh, I just want to at some point swap to a flip phone and my Tehillim. And I was so inspired by that. that. That's so true. There was a period of time when I went to school, when on the tram I read Tehillim. Um, now I'm not going to school, so like... But there are still other moments where I need to wait, where I could, could read it. And it's just this mentality, like getting out of this bubble of something always needs to happen in order for me to feel productive, in order for me um, not to grab my phone. And no, that's not true. Like I can easily take just my Tehillim and say a few um, pasuks. Like, you know, it's I want to be like patient again. I want to feel like okay I have to wait here now and let's look around let's do a small tour let's walk a little let's read a little like I don't want to always grab my phone and I I want to break free from that you know yeah so what you said about having a tehillim near you what I try to do is to leave in my car actually a book and a tehillim because even though there's lots of shirim on whatsapp and you can be part of lots of things like most of the time Let's say, like, sometimes I go to my daughter's school and I'm, like, a couple minutes early. I'll just be, like, answering my messages and things like that. So I try to keep a tehillim and a book that I'm reading in my car. That way I can use that and just, like, learn to disconnect a little bit. But I find that one of the issues with doing, like, those kinds of big changes... I don't want to say issue. I want to say more. One of the struggles is making statements, you know, like... When people see you have a kosher phone, it's like a statement, which is a good thing. Like when I see people that have a kosher phone, I'm very impressed by them. But I find that whenever you're, that's one of the challenges that Yitzhara puts in us. Like whenever you're deciding something, I remember in high school, I, my first step to stopping watching movies was um, stop going to the movie theaters. That was like my first thing because logically I just thought, okay, if I'm at least going to watch a movie, I should probably know like what kind of movie I should watch or like maybe someone else watched it and they told me that it's like appropriate and things like that. But if I go to a movie theater, I literally don't know what's going to be in front of my face. So that's kind of like my logic. And I remember for a while, I'm like, oh no, like what kind of statement is this going to be? Like I'm going to all of a sudden, like my friend's going to call me up to go to a movie together on a Sunday and I'm going to be like, no, I don't go to movies anymore. Like that's a very harsh statement. I find that Yitzhahara makes us like, get nervous to make those kinds of statements whether it's 
wearing a longer skirt, wearing a skirt, um, the way we cover our hair, anything, anything, just starting to pray. Once people notice and pick up on it, it's very, very hard. And I remember actually going to ask my Rav in high school. I said, what happens when you're only doing something because of the peer pressure? Meaning, I got over the struggle of telling people I'm not going to movie theaters. But at one point, I really wanted to go and I was struggling a lot. But I only wasn't going because I had told people that I don't go. So I went to my Rav and I asked him that and he told me that. It's actually one of the positive things of peer pressure to do that. Once you establish yourself in a certain way, then other people, as much as that's very hard, it's kind of like a a mountain, you know, you're climbing, climbing, climbing. Once you get top of the mountain, you have a different status of yourself. And believe it or not, that helps you keep going because we don't like failing, you know? Have you ever experienced anything like this where you decide to make a change and then you only stick to it just because you said so? Yes, I've definitely experienced that. I think the most recent example is uh, when I deleted my Instagram. I've made it so publicly and I've, I've, I've put it in my stories. I've talked about it on my podcast and I really have to take accountability for my actions um, because it would be irresponsible just to come back and then, you know, have all this talk and then what? So what, I'm not keeping my word? Like, you know, it doesn't make sense. So in a way, it gives me that pressure in a positive way. Because yes, sometimes I do miss it. Sometimes I do think about it. Um, And then it also goes. And Baruch Hashem, you know, I haven't been back. But it's, um, you know, you have to, you have to, take accountability for for your actions and making something public or making a public statement like that really helps. Um, However, I do also think that peer pressure can be something negative. I think it becomes negative whenever we don't succumb to the pressure. Like, you know, whenever our neshama really desires or believes something, not our heart, because we always try to go or against our heart desires, right? So whenever our neshama really believes something or um, desires something and we don't do that certain thing, whatever that might be, because we feel pressured into doing or following a different path. Um, and I think that's when it becomes negative, Um Peer pressure can be something very good, but it can also be negative in that way. I could name so many examples, but I think it's so important not necessarily to stand out because nobody really wants to stand out unless you're like craving attention or anything like it. But we all want to, you know, be part of the crowd, be part of the streaming of the water. We don't want to swim against water. Nobody wants that, you know, but in a way... Sometimes we just need to do whatever we feel is right. And that might not be the thing that people around you do. Um, I've said it many times, but I've actually never said it on the podcast. But it's not because the majority of people around you do it. Or it's not because people do it in general that it's the right thing to do. 
Um, and it takes courage to, to, to swim against the crowds, to go against the crowd, to stand out, to follow your neshama, not your heart again. <laughs> um, but it, it takes courage to stand out and to follow what it is that you believe in. Um, I think as a giorit, um, yeah, like I had to have a lot of courage. Without courage, I wouldn't be here. And it's also said, actually that the Jewish people are known for their three exceptional character traits. Kamli Chasidim, which means kindness, Rachmanim, which means compassionate, and Busha, which means bashfulness or also shame. They received bashfulness at the time when they stood at Mount Sinai to um, receive the Torah. And since the biological ancestors of a ger did not stand at Mount Sinai since the, the nations refused the Torah. He has not received Busha as a character trait. Um, therefore, the name Ger, if you look at the letters, it's Gimel and uh, Resh. So Gimel, you have Gamli Chasidim, and Resh, you have Rachmanim, but you don't have Busha, which is why also in, in such a process as a Giur, we cannot have shame. Gerim, they cannot have shame. Because if you're too snooze and you're too shy, which is a good character trait, but if you're too shy or too snooze and you will not get out there and you will not try and you will not keep going and you will not have this... It's not just necessarily about the fire, but you will not have this courage. Um, I call it courage because <laughs> it sounds nicer than shame, right? But in a way, we can't really have shame. Because if we would, we wouldn't be or we wouldn't receive our gyur. Because it takes a lot, a lot of courage. It takes a lot of, we can't have shame. Because we, we need to fight really for what we want. Despite the pressure or the peer pressure that really, of, of society that is really there, present, you know. Um, so I don't know. I don't know if you've ever experienced something um, of peer pressure in a negative way. What you said about listening to your heart, I totally agree with that. And I'll tell you, it's funny how it, it really depends on where you live. I find that, I'll tell you an example about hair covering. When I first got married, I was very careful with the length of my wig. Just as an example, I was very careful with it. It was not a short wig. It was a little bit past my shoulder, I want to say. For me, I felt I looked normal enough but I felt it was a good length for me. Then I moved to Eretz Yisrael right after I got married, like I had mentioned. In Eretz Yisrael, a lot of women were wearing shorter wigs. And I'm like, oh, I, I think like, I am not I kept feeling that my wig was too long, you know? So I went and I actually got it cut. And I was very happy with the, with how it was cut. And Baruch Hashem, it's expensive to cut sheetal, you know? So the Yitzhar hits hard because... One, you can't uncut a wig. And two, um, it's a lot of money to do it. So it's just hard. But And obviously the, the difficulty in making sure you want that length and everything like that. So I went to get a cut. And then a couple months later, I moved back to America. And in America, I started realizing people don't wear such short wigs. And I was like kind of the nerd. <laughs> That's the word I want to use. That's how I felt with a very short wig. 
Um, and you know, I just felt kind of out of it and nerdy and I find that I found that everyone else that was my age looked much more chic and much more cute with really pretty wigs and things like that. So I actually got another wig that was very long. So it just shows how your surroundings have such an impact on you. And I find that the, the goal of the Torah is to be solid to be a solid person with your decisions, with what you want, with what Hashem wants, you know? Um, and if, if you find that you're negatively getting influenced by wherever you go, then I find that's, that's something that needs to be worked on. Like we have to be solid people, you know? Um, so I definitely agree that peer pressure can have its positive things when you make a statement about something and it has neg negative things, obviously, in terms of growth. Um, and in terms of influences and things like that. But one thing that I really go back to that I think is such an amazing concept, I read it in the book Adorned with Dignity. And when it talks about tzniyut and hair covering, and it says, when Mashiach comes and you greet the imahot, they're going to see you exactly how you are now. They're going to see the kind of shirt you're wearing, the kind of skirt you're wearing. You know, that's one of the, my Instagram posts says, if Mashiach came today, this is what you would be wearing. We have to live with the fact that if Mashiach came right now, this is the way I would be wearing my clothing and my hair would be covered in a certain way. And I find that for me, that kind of blasts a lot of peer pressure away because I get back in line. Sorry, Menu would want, would I be embarrassed to stand in front of Sorry, Menu like this? Or if that's too hard to understand, to stand in front of a rabbit and I, I respect, you know? So I love that imagery. Let me know what you think about that. So as you know, um, whenever I hit Instagram, I like I followed you. I loved following your account. And um, I remember that you posted that. And somehow it's really stuck with me, um, especially because the, there was a period of time I still am today, yeah? But there was a period of time when I was really working on my style because um, I was covering everything, but I didn't still feel like a bat melech. I, I felt like, I don't know, I think it's relevant in today's style that is like outer. Um, it's all like baggy and it's all like um, kind of like sporty. Like, I don't know how to um, really explain it, but I didn't feel like... I was wearing elegant clothes, you know, I didn't feel like a bad melech and uh, I still work on that today. But like at that time, I was really working on that. And I remember that you posted, um, if Mashiach comes today, then whatever you are, you are wearing, um, he will see it. And Bezat Hashem that he may come today or anytime soon. Bezat Hashem, Amen, Amen. Um... And I don't know, that really stuck with me because like what, wherever you are, like at home or outside, like whatever you're wearing, he might see it, like he will see it. Um, and I don't know, somehow that stuck with me. Um, I thought it was so such an important lesson and I really am grateful that you shared that. Um, another thing that you said about hair covering, I think it's so interesting because like I think your journey is really interesting because you went from wearing wigs to like covering with tichels. And I think that's so interesting. And I definitely want to get deeper into that whenever uh, you would be able to come back on the podcast. I definitely want to do like a series on tichels uh, in the future. Um, 
and I think, but I think it's interesting because like sometimes um, the minhag is considered almost higher than the halakha, right? Like it reminds me of this story that I I read a few days ago. I mean, like a group, and um, there was this girl who said that because she's Chabad, like me, I'm also Chabad, <laughs> uh, she wasn't sure if she could cover with tichos because it wasn't the minhag. Um, and her question was like, if she could do half tichos, um, like with a wig under it. And I felt like, you know, it's like, it's, it's, it, in a way it kind of bothers me, you know, it bothers me that the minhag is becoming more important than the halakha. Cause the halakha is just to cover your hair, but the minhag is like, these ones do it like that, these ones do it like that. But why can't a woman choose how to cover her own hair if she really connects with tichols? So let her cover it with tichols, like kolakavot that she want to be so tznius, you know? Um, and on the other hand, I'm really, really Baruch Hashem that we are allowed to, to wear wigs because if we wouldn't, I wouldn't be able to be in college. I wouldn't be able to get Bezrat Hashem, my degree, um, so it's something ugh, I'm so like connect to that because like for me as a girl, I didn't grow up a certain way. Like for me, I kind of had the choice and like that suits me in a way because like I think it's important to have that bit of freedom. Like I'm not saying that you should choose this and then something else. Like you should choose a direction and stick with it, of course. But I don't think that like the minhag should be more important than the halakha, you know? And in a way for me, that's also peer pressure. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know if you relate to that or not, but um, yeah, sometimes it's hard for me to, to understand, you know, especially as a girl. Um, it's um, it's something to, to grasp my mind around it. And yes, we are Chabad, but I do cover my hair with tichels because that's just how I connect to it. Um, I, I really connect to, to tichos, I really connect to the mitzvah, but I, I don't feel happy in in weeks. And then, Baruch Hashem, I can wear weeks because I wouldn't be able to do my internships. You know, it's kind of double for me. <laughs> um, but I think like for doing what you did, it's like, it's insane. For me, that's really like amazing that you were able to first cut your work week shorter and then just like... Um, transfer to tichels. I would almost say like convert to tichels. <laughs> um, I think that's amazing. Oh, thank you so much, Leah. Baruch Hashem. Yeah, my tichel journey is definitely a journey. I actually didn't even end up cutting my long wig <laughs> um, because the whole thing was that I wanted to cut it and just wear a shorter wig, but the Sheitel Macher closed the salon because of COVID. So that's when I had no choice but to wear either a different wig or start experimenting with tichels and that's what i did bar hashem so i think it really was hashem the whole time guiding me if anyone wants to hear my whole tichel journey story you can check out my um, instagram page coffee and kavana and i have a whole live where i talk about my tichel journey and the struggles and how i did that bar hashem. hashem and i always tell everyone that i always tell myself and i don't know if i'm just it's a good trick for the yitzhar that i don't tell myself it's forever because once you do that, you get really scared. And I think that's a very good tip also for growth. Just take it day by day. You know, when the Yitzhar here is forever, it's like a very strong term. 
it like scares us away. We don't want to make changes that are so drastic, you know? Yeah, I definitely hear you, you know, like whenever I am trying to work on myself or I'm struggling, I try to take it day by day. Um, like I'm very much a person that needs to think ideas or um, decisions over and whenever I, I've decided like let's say it, it takes me a few days to decide and then or a week depends how big the decision is but whenever I've decided that I'm um, going for it or I'm not going for it uh, like for example with this social media I've decided not to use it anymore then that's it like that's what I've decided and I like to keep it I like to keep my word you know it's something that I really value um, and I really try to work on always um, and it's also something that I value in others um, whenever people stick to their word it's I don't know I, I respect that you know and um, that's really something that I uh, try to do myself so whenever I've decided something then that's it you know like um, I try not to overthink it because there's nothing good by overthinking it then I'm just taking it day by day um, and that's like how I try to live um, with my decisions anyways I've heard a lot of um, super interesting tips and I agree with a lot of things that you've said throughout this podcast and I think this was such an interesting podcast um, episode that um, yeah I, I really want to thank you for um, making the time available to make this with me and for being here and just for sharing your ideas and the chizuk that you gave us all uh, and I wanted to ask you if you have any last words that you want to say um, to the ladies listening. And another thing I wanted to add, when it comes to the way you cover your hair and um, snoot or whatever the peer pressure is, like, I always think that the most ideal thing is to impress Hashem, obviously. But another thought that comes to mind is that someone that changes themselves according to their peers isn't really anyone, you know? Like, what kind of identity will... I think about it like to myself, like how, like what kind of identity will I have if everything I do will change according to what people think of me? You know what I mean? Um, that's why also I'm very into, you know, there's fashion trends and there's like, everyone gets the exact same purse, the exact same outfit, the exact same pattern, things like that. Ever since I was younger, even before talking about growth, just like regular things, like trends bothered me because I'm like, I want to have a brain. I want to decide if I think this looks pretty or not. And not because everyone has this, I should be getting it too, you know? Um, because of the same thing, like you want to have an identity for yourself and you want to build your own being without being so influenced by what everyone says. So I think that's something that's hard to do, 100%. But it's a confidence that you can say, I'm doing this because I believe that my neshama wants this and I always want to impress Hashem and thank you so much for having me Leia on this podcast it's been so nice to be able to talk with you about this amazing topic um I wanted to add that I just want to wish everyone a bracha honestly I want to wish everyone a bracha all, all of us women struggling to keep an image of kedusha 
an image of holiness, an image of royalty, and a time where fashion wants to do the opposite of that. Fashion wants to be street, you know, all these brands that have like the term like streetwear, you know, the opposite of, of Kedusha, the opposite of royalty, everything has holes in it and it's just so hard. So I want to give all of us a bracha that we should be able to do our ratzon, Hashem's ratzon, the ratzon of our neshama with so much strength and we should be able to move forward with clarity and just really do what we want to do um, so that after 120, we can come to Hashem happily clothed in our beautiful mitzvahs that we're proud to show. Amen amen. What a beautiful bracha. The only thing that I would add to that is that Bezrat Hashem, that we may all be confident enough to stand our grounds and to really truly present Hashem and to know that it's not because everybody around us does it that it's the right thing to do. Um, and with that, I want to thank you so much, Miriam, for your time and for your wise words. It's, it's been my honor and my pleasure to have you here on my podcast. And um, I really, really enjoyed making this episode with you and Bezrat Hashem. Um, there will be more episodes in the future, who knows? And to those listening, dear ladies, thank you so much for sticking it out with us. Um, if you enjoyed this podcast, please do leave a review uh, on Apple Podcasts. You can just scroll all the way down. Uh, if you don't have Apple Podcasts, you can always share it with your friends. It would be so helpful. Um, and if you want the info of Miriam, it's in the description of this episode. So that um, is always really helpful if you don't follow her yet. Um, I really advise that you do if you have social media, of course. <laughs> um, and that's it. And I hope uh, that you enjoyed this too. We always appreciate your feedback um, on mymothersjourney at gmail.com. Um, also, if you have any suggestions, I'm more than willing to listen to you. Um, so let me know. And I hope that you will have a great day filled with confidence. And hopefully till next time. Love, Leah.